the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Hi, everybody. In the morally upside-down world of the left, people who threaten people are heroes, and people who stop the threatener are villains. Everything is upside down. Male is female. Female is male. Kids, Charlize Theron, is that how her name is pronounced? The actress just spoke about how it's important for children to see drag queens perform. Children. You cannot overstate the pathology, moral and psychological pathology of the left. So we have the case in the New York subway of this man who had actually said, I'm going to hurt you to these people in the subway car. I will hurt anyone on this train. I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. Restrained by three men who stepped forward, including one black. He's a black, the guy who did this. And was put in a chokehold and then died. And the uproar is against the man who stopped him. I don't know how I would love to know how many of our mainstream media have reported that the man had 44 prior arrests. The best article I read on this subject, written by a woman named Peachy Keenan. And if you're wondering what parent would give their daughter the name Peachy, they didn't. (laughs) It's a pseudonym for a writer and mother living, as her little bio puts it, behind enemy lines, meaning in a blue state. She identifies as a husbosexual, which means she is only attracted to people who identify as her husband, which is risky, because any number of men might identify as her husband now. I'll ask her about that. She's going to be on in a moment. She has a new book coming out, by the way, next month from Regnery, Domestic Extremist, A Practical Guide to Winning the Culture War. She's very witty. You could find her on Twitter at Keenan. Peachy. Hello, Peachy. Hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm excellent. So I don't know who Peachy Keenan is, folks. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know her real name. Are you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're like George Orwell, except I think people knew George Orwell was really <laughs> Eric Blair. I'm not, I'm not sure. Did you know that George Orwell was a pseudonym? I did know that. I think I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, 
Are you going to reveal your identity at, at a given point? What's your plan? Uh, yeah, I think I will. You know, I was planning, I was actually booked on t- uh, Tucker Carlson's nighttime show. I was going to go on there the night my book comes out, Domestic Extremist, on June 6th. And right after I got booked on the show, they, they canceled the show. <laughs> so now I'm stuck. <laughs> oh, how interesting. You would have co- You would have come out, as it were, on that show. Yeah. That's right. I'll do it eventually. All right. Well, I'll be more than happy to acclaim your real identity. In the meantime, I I loved your piece. It was, (laughs) no, it was extremely witty and, and, uh, and to the point. So you've researched this more than I have. Is that, am I right about 44 or 41 prior arrests? Yeah, I think everything I've read it said forty-four arrests, including including many violent assaults. Yeah, the like last on the one was he, he punched a, he punched an elderly woman in the face, and, and and she was hospitalized. Yeah, and he also punched. He broke bones in her face, and he also and he was um, he was released. He was given some medication, and he wasn't even put in a in a hospital. I think. One of the only times he served time was when he tried to kidnap a seven-year-old girl, dragged her down the street, and he got four months. And that was it. USA Today. A nice guy to travel with. Yes. USA Today uh, called him uh, a beloved subway performer. There's a guy named Jordan Neely. (laughs) Did you know that? Oh, yeah. They were – it was – yeah, in USA Today, he was – I think CNN, someone reported that CNN was just showing a, a constant loop of him performing as Michael Jackson with everyone clapping for him and turning him into this sort of folk hero, you know, this wonderful New York icon and how, you know, and just trying to get everyone, you know, in the, in the, in the spirit of George Floyd, that this, this incredible hero, this beloved figure was, was brutally murdered, you know, in cold blood. By the way, again, I, I don't know the exact detail. Was he, wasn't he taken to a hospital? Yeah, I mean, he apparently was breathing on the, on, in the subway, and then he died. He, was, he only was dead at the, at the hospital. So, you know, well, who wait, knows so, what actually caused the death? Well, yes, exactly, because if, if you're choked to death, you die when you're choked. So... Uh, w- I mean right. that's what I that's what I assume I'm not a doctor I but it, it the notion that he was choked to death uh, by the guy who held him I I'm, I don't know it may what he did may have exacerbated a condition and uh, that that is that is clear so uh, AOC uh, said that the, the man is a murderer this is the the moral level of the uh, of the Democratic Party today. Yeah, I, I think that they just see the image, you know, and they they they're happy to ignore a lot of other crime going on. Um, they turn a blind eye, but they see, you know, here's a kind of masculine looking normal white person, a white male, you know, uh oh, and he's on the floor grappling with, you know, the the un, one of the untouchables for the Democrats a homeless person, a criminal. These are people you're not allowed to, <laughs> you know, you're not allowed to touch them. And they saw that image and just in their minds, case closed, you know, this open and shut case, this guy, oh, we've got, we have to give him the chair. You know, he's going down. We're going to 20 years to life 
for daring to intervene in a case that, I mean, from what you just read, like what he was saying on the subway car, that sounds like he was planning to literally hurt someone on that car at that moment. You know, I'm going to hurt someone today and I don't care if I'm going to go to jail for it. He was basically telling them what he planned to do to get back to jail to hurt someone. And it's almost, it reminded me of like suicide by cop, you know? Um, but it was more like suicide by subway car. He, he was making threats. And I, I, I feel like, you know, it's amazing that someone had, was brave enough to step in. I mean, that Daniel Penny, the Marine, he's all of us. He's a normal person. And he's sort of been thrust into this very abnormal situation. Like we all are these days. Well, there is something, uh, wrong with this country when half of it thinks he is a, a hero and half of him thinks that he's a murderer. I mean, the, if, if anybody ever thinks that there's a middle road between left and right, which is uh, people living in fantasy <laughs> world, uh, as I, they're unbridgeable gaps. Here is a perfect example. The, we see the exact same thing. One considers it evil and one considers it heroic. We can't both be right. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of like, you know, uh, I'm probably aging myself, but the when the OJ verdict was read out, you know, it was just half the people thought he was he was definitely innocent and half the people were shocked that he didn't get um, convicted of murder. Um, there's like you always say, black is white, white is black, left, you know, everything's upside down. And we have a clear case of um, a hero doing something that, you know, is very brave and probably a little too risky to do these days. Um, and, 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 and morality is gone. Like who, what do I, like I wrote in my piece, what do I tell my teenage sons? To be cowards. That was, that was the brilliance of your piece. That's right. That, that the left wants you to raise boys to be cowards. One, one of the ways I like to think about what they've done is like, we're all in this like big nightclub, you know, and we're trying to have fun and have a good time. And there are these crazy guys starting fights, you know, belligerent guys, and they fired all the bouncers. <laughs> like there's no one left to eject the crazy people That's from right. the nightclub. That's and right. we're like left to our own devices. And instead they've hired social workers to ask the drunks, yeah, like to tell them about right. their childhood trauma. Yep. You're absolutely right. I'm speaking with Peachy Keenan. It's not her real name. One day she will reveal who she is. I'm curious, to be honest. She wrote a terrific piece. Where, where, a peachy? Where was it? American greatness, American thinker, federalist, federalist, federalist. Federalist, Okay, Mm -hmm. for which you write regularly, correct? Yeah, I started writing for them um, a few weeks ago as a contributor, and I also write for the American Mind, for Claremont. Okay, excellent. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now. Your point, one of your points, and you're you're a very witty writer, which is very hard. I, I salute you. By Thank the you way, you, you well, you're welcome. But I, I'm not saying it, you know, to, to, just to be nice to you. I'm just saying it because it's true. By the Appreciate way, this it. this you will find interesting and obviously complimentary. But it, again, it's just meant to make an observation. A dear friend of mine, since high school, said to me when we were in college or around that age, he made a great observation that I've obviously never forgotten. He said, not every intelligent person is witty, but every witty person is intelligent. 
It's a very, very, well, it's a very uh, piercing insight. Anyway, I just thought you'd uh, you'd get a kick out of that. But you, aside from the the wittiness of it, your larger point there is we're we're really training to raise boys to be cowards, not men. Yeah, I mean that's right, and um, you know this is why I wrote my book, which I have to talk about domestic extremists. Like we are, you know, normal people like Daniel Penny, the Marine on the subway, we're kind of under attack, you know, and we're trying to figure out how to survive. How do we raise our kids? How do we, you know, make sure that they, like, keep the same gender that they were assigned at conception, <laughs> you know, throughout their lives? What what do we do here? They're just like, it feels like, you know, the mo- modern culture is kind of coming at us from all angles. And, you know, how do you raise boys? They're being emasculated, you know, literally... <laughs> emotionally and spiritually, you know, being neutered by our culture where you're not allowed, you're not allowed to be a man, you're not allowed to be a straight man, you know, God forbid. (laughs) And, you know, meanwhile, we're running out of people. Like we've forgotten how to like keep our society going by reproducing more human beings. And that requires learning how to, you know, woo a woman and get married and have a family and like protect your family. (laughs) And these things seem to be, kind of impossible now to figure out these very simple, ancient, you know, traditions that have kept humanity going are like being forgotten quickly. So that's really why I wrote my book. I tell people all the time when I when I was a kid, which is a while ago, but it's it's worthy of noting, if you would have asked almost any kid my age, and even high school, what does it mean to become a man? Which was, we were always told, be a man, be a man. I don't even think it's said to boys any longer. It's probably considered transphobic to now. even say that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> of course. But what it meant was two things, get a job and get married. It, it was right. assumed when I when I was a a boy, it was assumed I would get married. It wasn't. It wasn't in the option world even. Right now, both getting a job and getting married are totally optional. That's <laughs> you don't right. need to do either That's one. Right. Yes. That's right. And, e- either one, because you can get paid to stay home. Right. I mean, no one wants to work anymore, and marriage is just one option on a giant, you know, drop-down menu of lifestyle choices you can make, you know, and it's not better or worse than any of the other ones, you know, polyamory, open marriage, whatever you want. And um, people, like, you know, are losing. And meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, we have this, like, huge spike in depression and anxiety, loneliness, you know, suicides, um, and, like, you know, hmm, are those two things related? Maybe they are. <laughs> yep, that's right. Do you have children? Yes, I have five children. I'm a domestic extremist, Dennis. <laughs> yes, you are. That's right. I'm extremely what, domestic. What Did you send them to regular school or homeschool? Um, I did. We did a combination of both. Um, we tried homeschooling, but for me, it was difficult because, you know, I am I am also a working mother. I work at home, though, as a writer. And so it was hard when we had, you know, at one point we had like three under three. So that was tricky to do the homeschooling. So we have, um, you know, we found the good schools for them that are, 
you know, mostly parochial schools because I'm also, I mean, I used to be a secular atheist and a liberal and a feminist, and now I'm this observant Catholic and a conservative. So I don't think I would really fit in well among, like, my Southern California private schools or public schools. So we take refuge. What turned you around from your secular liberalism? (laughs) Um, Yeah. you know, yeah, I was uh, all through my, 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 my teens and college and my 20s. I was a feminist and I had no interest in getting married. I didn't, you know, I thought one day maybe I would do it. And then um, I started being more politically conservative. Um, but really, it was when I met my husband and realized, you know, oh, I do want to have children. And whoa, I'm, I maybe I want to have more than one. And I almost don't have enough time to put this together now. I, I met my husband in my late my very late 20s. And I mean, like I say in my book, Dennis, I escaped feminism by the skin of my teeth. You know, I barely had time to put together the size family that I wanted. And it was just really the process of of getting married and realizing like, oh, I got lied to. This is great. This is awesome. I love babies. (laughs) I didn't know these things. You know, no one told me. I want to continue on that theme because you're you're a thinker. Peachy Keenan, and her, her article on what happened at the New York subway is up at DennisPrager.com. And folks, if you, I, I want to repeat something I said earlier. If you ever hear anybody say this utterly, utterly naive, childish notion, oh, why, why, why don't, why don't left and right just find common ground? We have no common ground. That's why. And use this as an example. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that the man who subdued the guy saying, I want to hurt all of you on this train, a man with 44 prior arrests, is a murderer. We think he's a hero. There's no middle ground, ladies and gentlemen. You can't be a heroic murderer. Okay? Murder, by definition, is about as evil an act as the human being is capable of. So I, I just want you to always use that example to the people who live in la-la land who believe, oh, there's a middle road. Oh, really? There's a middle road between those who think children uh, should watch the drag queens and those who don't? What's the middle road? Really, what is the middle road? They watched it with one eye closed? Anyway, I found this fascinating that you started out secular feminist and then realized, hey, wait a minute, I would actually uh, get a a great deal of meaning and joy in life from marriage and children, and that that comports more with my female nature than just career. Is that a fair summary of your evolution? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just a product. I grew up on the west side of L.A., you know, I went to what would be considered like, quote, elite private schools and, and universities and stuff. And so I was just raised by my cult, by the culture and my all my peers. We were all the same. And we were just like, um, you know, we had totally believed all the lies of feminism that, you know, the main goal in life was to have fun, spend your 20s having fun and avoid pregnancy at all costs. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, God forbid you would like get pregnant and have a baby like, no, no. And that was just something that, you know, old people did, like nerds did that. Like, we're not, we're going to have fun, be cool. 
And by the time I figured it out, you know, I, I, I met the right man. And, you know, my very good, had very good fortune, he was already had been red pilled. Like he was already a conservative. So we had this like, and I was not there. I was not there yet. But, um, you know, when you fall in love with someone, it's like, wow, they, they, they have a, <laughs> they can like influence you in certain ways. And so I figured it out in time to have a baby. And I loved that. I love this guy. No one had told me this, and I wanted to have as many as I could, basically, in the time I had left, you know, before the clock ran out. Wow. So, a few questions. How did your parents react to your uh, becoming uh, religious? Um, yeah, that's interesting. They were already Reagan, basically Reagan Republicans, so they were fine. Oh, were okay. When I, finally uh-huh. became, when I finally became, like, a conservative. But they're, you know, secular atheists in every in every right, way. Right. And so when I announced to them, like, hey, guess what? <laughs> I'm becoming a Catholic. <laughs> going to take the kids to mass every single Sunday. Like, we're going to we're like real Catholics. OK, we're like we really got we do it. We do the whole thing. They were, you know, like, oh, that's nice. How, how interesting. OK, like a little bit. But here's the amazing thing. My sister, who was just like me, secular atheist, when I first told her I was converting, she was like appalled. She was like, wait, what? Like, do you actually believe that stuff? And the miracle of, of COVID was that it actually, she was so oppressed by her vax mandates and almost being fired and really tortured by what happened to her and her family during the lockdown that it actually became like she, she turned to God. And now she is now a practice. She got baptized on Easter Sunday this year. And so I'm not the only one anymore in the family. Well, your sister uh, has undergone something I wrote. It's on the internet. I, I think I wrote it 15 years ago. The left keeps me religious. <laughs> oh, I mean it literally. Exactly. I, I, I mean it literally. I, I would say the left keeps me mm-hmm. religious at least as much as religious people keep me religious. <laughs> Probably more. When, yeah. Maybe more. That's right. When I see what the anti-religious believe and produce, I realize there is no alternative to a religious outlook on life. So Domestic Extremist, A Practical Guide to Winning the Culture War. You have a guide to winning the culture war? (laughs) I sure do. (laughs) Give me an example. Um, Give me an example of a suggestion. Okay. Well, you know, when I say Domestic Extremist, obviously I, I don't mean, you know, the uh, the bad kind. What I mean is someone who's simply living a more a more domestic life, um, choosing the domestic domestically extreme lifestyle. And what that means is that you need to reject feminism, and that's one of the tips. And like I go through a whole thing of how women can, you know, see through the lies of feminism. You know, everything from the abortion industrial complex, um, rejecting the dating industry like getting off Tinder, you know, focusing the, on the things that are the, really the your, your, your best hope at like putting together a happy, stable life long term. And Tinder's not going to do it for you, you know, and taking, you know, you're taking a million different antidepressants is not going to do it for you. But you need to have children and get married and try to stay married. And these are things that were considered totally normal you know, within recent memory. And now I'm an extremist because I had more than, you know, one or two kids. And because I 
choose to stay married and be in a monogamous um, mating pair, you know, with my husband. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm considered an extremist. And, you know, we go to mass. And these are all these things that make me very dangerous, ironically, to the, to the, you know, to the ruling class, to the regime, because, you know, I'm raising my children with our rules and not theirs. How, how old is your oldest? My oldest is, uh, he'll be 18 soon. So it's a very scary time for me as a mother. <laughs> That's right, because is he going to go to college? You know, I mean, it's really weird because I was raised, you know, to be very meritocratic, get go to the best school you can get into, go Ivy League. And now, you know, all those schools are basically just all crossed off the list. And every time I look at the news, oh, I've got to cross that. Uh, that school That's off correct. The list. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> oh, that school has one. One is worse that. than the next. <laughs> right. So my list is very, very short right now. Um, you know, Catholic colleges, um, maybe some local schools. We'll see. But the other problem is that due to you know things that we can't control, uh, certain you know demographic characteristics of my son, he won't even get in to schools like you know, that were considered kind of safety schools for me, like the UC schools. He has a, doesn't have a shot. Because he's, he's white male? Yeah, white, straight, Christian male. Like, okay, forget it. <laughs> Sorry. So we have to come up with some other solutions. I mean, you know, we can't all go to Hillsdale. I mean, I wish we all could, maybe, but it's really tough. That's right. That's why I asked you the question. I was curious what, how, how you would resolve it. <laughs> It's very tough. It's very tough to be a parent today. But uh, look, I mean, there are, I believe, millions upon millions of adult children who don't speak to a parent because college taught them that if their parent votes Republican, they're despicable. And, and they bought it and then they, they've severed relations with that parent. Yeah, I mean, most colleges, most mainstream colleges are now just finishing academies for the left to finish just you know finish you off whatever they did to you the brainwashing you got from k to 12 college is where they're going to finalize that project and spit you out and you're going to you know hate your parents and you're going to hate your country and you're not going to know what gender you are <laughs> and that's you're just a perfect you know part of the you know the leftist army now and you're just an activist and you know children are things to be aborted or avoided and we're not really cre- good at creating future parents anymore we, we were, we're like not doing that and that's what, why I wrote domestic extremists because we have to get more people to be more domestic like fast we don't have a lot of time here to waste you know on mm-hmm. on things like discovering your new new baroque genders that don't exist well I look forward to uh, your your coming out party <laughs> thank you Dennis maybe I'll do it on your show (laughs) that's right okay we're on video as well so that'll be that'll that'll be charming well good luck you're you're doing really good work thank you so much Dennis I really appreciate it my pleasure thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy it's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.